away. Hey, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Ask a Black Woman, where if you ask a black woman a question, you better be ready for the answer. Uh, today, I'm not by myself. There's no rant. Um, on a holiday weekend, I had the pleasure of having my illustrious guest, guest Ms. Whitney Tate. Welcome, Whitney Tate. What's up, girl? Hi. on. Yes, yes, yes. Another black woman. Amen. Um, I'm going to intro you in and just to let the people know how we met. Um, over a little over a month ago, uh, I had the pleasure of uh, just doing some background work on a wonderful Pride student film called July 5th, to which Miss uh, Whitney Tate was the lead. Um, it was a truly uh, a film that was celebrating all things Black Girl Magic. It was just us being ourselves in that room. It was like hard to tell when the, the cameras were rolling or not because it was just a really good chemistry. So we talked on off camera a lot. And I found out that Whitney happened to be a fellow Chicagoan. And then she had a lot to say about a lot of things. And I tell, I keep saying that she reminded me of a lot of my younger self, but I said, but she's dropping some gems to which I thought it would be great. And I'm so glad she obliged me to be a guest on Ask About Woman. So, hey, tell the people a little bit about yourself, what you want them to know going in the gate here. All right, uh-huh. so um hello hello so uh i am just an actress um a chicago transplant to la like shanara and um met her on the set of july 5th which was so much fun um just being on the set with so many amazing black women just all with different personalities and uh different backgrounds and hearing how everybody is moving um in their day-to-day life in la and um, it was just such a beautiful story. And I'm glad that we all were a part of it. And uh, speaking of beautiful stories as an actress, that's just what I gravitate to are just beautiful storylines and storylines that bring forth the Black experience. Um, and whether that be in your face or just somewhat in the background, just because, you know, it don't have to be about the Black life for it to be the Black experience because being Black <laughs> is the experience, you know? So um I just uh, love stories like that and love stories where I can just bring something, some extra special to the characters or uh, get to experience something special on set. So uh, that's just pretty much what I've been doing, you know, of course, taking acting classes and all that stuff, honing talents, you know, because I will tell you guys, it's not all about talent. It is it is discipline in this industry. Mm. And that's what gets you where you want to go. Because any of the greats, they were all skilled. They didn't just have talents. They didn't just get found on the streets. Those people were people working on their craft. So that's what I'm doing right now. Um, and I'm excited to see what comes um, in the future. Absolutely. Um, definitely want to... Well, girl, something. See, you just threw some in there. And I feel like I'm trying to have my ease this in there. Um, one of the things I guess I'm gonna just cut to what I was gonna do in the second half of the show. Um, one of the books you had mentioned when I first met you was this book called Knots and Crosses. And mm-hmm. the reason I'm gonna cut to it early is because uh, I met a group of women from London yesterday. Okay, and we girl, we talked about Knots and Crosses and even Queenie, and we made a connection because she one girl has a podcast of her own. And so um, one of the things she actually um, went to university with um, uh, the guy from Peckham in London. What's his name? Uh, John Boyega. 
Mm-mm. Dan oh. Sinadris, who stars on Snowfall. Oh, you want to talk about discipline? She said, I mean, she remembers years ago, and he used to tell, he said, Listen, I'm gonna make it. He would be so serious. He said, Trust me, I'm gonna make it. She said, and he was off the grid for a while. And then you pop up, and that board and took over the, the screen, this big and the small screen. Mm-hmm. So you want to talk about, yeah, there is a lot of talent out there, but you can tell that he's hella focused. You can really tell that he's focused. I love that yeah. because um, mm-hmm. I love that Peckham is just spewing people out because also John Boyega, mm-hmm. who's in Star Wars, is from Peckham in London mm-hmm. so um, that's beautiful I think London has a lot of discipline I think that's the difference between acting here and acting um, in America in the states and acting overseas is that discipline is a very big part of it so um, yeah that is huge I love to see so many black actors okay let's take a part of the, a little left we're gonna go a little left and bring it on back then that may, um, you know because this is Ask a Black Woman Let's see what your what's your thought about the quote unquote black Brit invasion, particularly dominating the American or black American roles, I should say, um, out here. I was having a conversation at a film release for another film I was actually in, and um, uh, the one of the directors was from Kenya, so he actually invited a couple of his boys from Kenya, and me and one of his Kenyan friends got into a Girl, we went down the rabbit hole and we talked about the whole black grit thing and this was not even a month ago but even just a month ago I felt some kind of way when I thought about um, black Brits taking roles that I felt like mm-hmm. the American person could and I mean I just felt like you mean to tell me like the boy is killing it he's playing a drug dealer in South Central in the eighties. Mm-hmm. You mean Tim? You couldn't have found one of these brothers from around the way that yeah. killed that role. That's from from South Central. Mm-hmm. And so I was feeling that. But then the brother from Kenyan, he said, "Listen, this is it's the same game." He 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 set me right straight. He he checked me. He said, "Listen, it's still slavery." <laughs> He's like. It's, you getting mad? He's like he told me I was basically getting mad at the wrong person. I said it's not that I was mad, but I feel like the opportunity. He said no, no, no. He said the person that's writing the check and ultimately casting him, like above John Singleton and all this kind of stuff. He said the studios and all that, they don't. They're the ones that own the project. Like don't don't get mad at that. And so like, I just mm-hmm. I guess I needed someone to put it in another perspective. But at the same time, I was like, oh really? no, like. <laughs> I actually I felt twisted about that. <laughs> I actually agree because um for, first of all the the amount of roles for black individuals in the television film entertainment industry are scarce. No matter yeah. how much we want to say like you know uh we get more roles than other people of color, it's still not a lot of roles. There's still not a lot of roles mm-hmm. for us. Um so when you shorten that pool to especially talking about specifically the black experience in America it should go to in my opinion it should go to black Americans because that's like if you were to cast us in the black experience in Europe we don't know what that's like we don't know what it was like to grow up it's just um like Catherine Bigelow uh directed the film Detroit uh I believe that was in 2017 
and mm-hmm. uh, she cast John Boyega, who I'm a fan of. I'm a fan of John Boyega. Uh, but she cast him to play a Black American during the Detroit mm-hmm. riots. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he don't, he has no idea what it's like being a Black American at all, let alone during such a trying time or what it's like during, you know, at least we can pull from direct family members who lived around that time and say like, what was this like? How was this? Who who were these people and what were they doing? What was the goal? And they don't, they can't, you know? And he said he had to do a lot of research for the role. And I'm like, yeah, of course you did. Cause you don't know what that's like. You're like then, you know, and- but then I want to, I got to play devil's advocate. I'm going to play with you a bit okay. because ever since the guy from Kenya put me on the spot like that, I had, I did reflect. I'm like, I'm not above teaching, you know? And so I thought about, okay, wait, wait, back it up. Soon thereafter, I should say, mm-hmm. I did read a, a long online article that basically said it's kind of like, it's another form of, I'm going to say bigotry, that I would essentially say that a, a black person, basically a black person, anyone of African descent, no matter in the diaspora, I'm saying I'm really pre- giving preferential treatment over another. And particularly, he, the, the article I read weakened my article about what it's like to be Black. Like, even though it's American, it's still bla- uh, being Black, a Black body in this world. And as if they don't know how to p- pull from that kind of racism. They don't know how to pull from that despair as if the crack, he the the guy that's on Snowfall, as if crack didn't hit the whole entire world eventually. You know what I mean? As if well, no one knows about addiction. And so I, I if I, I say okay now, I'm who would have thought? But I did change my position, and I thought to myself, okay, I'm really just pro black, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not like they didn't do a, a an excellent job. Have you watched the show Snowfall? No, my mother loves it though. She says a lot of. I, I'm a love your mama. I need you to sit with Mom Duke because I know you and her got a, a movie theater thing going yeah, on. Uh-huh. You was a snowfall. You will see what I'm talking about. I would not have known he was a brother from from the UK until I saw him on the Tonight Show having a full blown conversation. I heard that accent. I said, "Wait a minute, hold up." Then I got to googling him because his whole swag. Of course, he has a dialect coach that got him where he need to be. But talking about having to research and embody, I think that comes from the discipline of how they approach their acting. It's not a game. Truly, it ain't. It's not. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so coupled with the fact that they are a black body in this world, I think it's like, okay, who am I to stop another black person, no matter where they are in the diaspora, from doing a great role? Well, um, it, it messed me up. Like I was like, I was mad, but then again, who do I get mad at? The actor who went for the opportunity and got the role, or do I get upset with the people that's in power who chose him over the brother that's originally from South Central that didn't, didn't have to stretch for the role? You know. Well, what I you mean? know what? Like, I think, of course, mm-hmm. not the actor, right? Because mm-hmm. you're making your coin. You're just trying to, you know, follow your. Look, dreams. I'm just trying to get it, yo. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not, I'm not. I can't get mad at you. Um, what I do though, I believe that they should hold some sort of accountability because it's like what I, I've learned over time that, uh, racism, segregation, um, any form of, I would say any form of prejudice that occurred due to one skin color in Europe was very different than America. 
which yeah. I did not know that it was a, that it I, in my mind I thought it was like very this is the same and apparently the racism there is very subtle whereas here it is in your face and but subtle is... but subtle I'm going to cut you off mm-hmm. and going with you but whether it's subtle or overt it's still going to affect you in the same way whether or not it's you suddenly get p- passed over for a job or promotion, it's still going to affect your coin, whether or not they call you a nigga to your face or not. You know what I mean? Well, no, so, but it, no, not yeah. your coin. I'm saying in terms of your experience. Mm-hmm. So um, a, a black European doesn't understand what it's like to be a black American in terms of the experience. They never had people per se following them around the store because Girl. of the color of their skin. Yes, like, they have. I believe I believe so, but what from what I've seen, even with um, I cannot remember her name. Jane is her name, but she like she does like these experiments with uh brown eyed people and blue eyed people to show racism. Oh, yeah. I, so I she did that, that right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. she did that in the UK and how they experience how they were talking about their race their racial experiences. It was very different than how we spoke about it in America. Yeah. So it was like it, it was so. I'm like, oh wow. It's that, not it, a, in my mind. It's I, not going to be identical. Right. What I'm trying so to say. So I'm saying, is, especially so. in a time of like the Detroit riots, I feel mm-hmm. like that was incredibly important. Um, mm-hmm. just because at at, a t- at such a time, um, that was when racial tensions were high. You know, so it's like that wasn't they never experienced things like the Detroit riots in England. Okay, so but we like, can also uh, say I'm about to play with you. Uh-huh, I'm about to play okay, with you. <laughs> that's just like um. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Um, uh, I see his face as clear as day right now. Anybody that does a reenactment of a prominent figure. That did not live during are the you, time. Are you written. talking about Martin Luther King Jr. being you played could do King by David Oyelowo? You feel me? Mm-hmm. And so, but that don't take away from how well an actor would like any. That's just like saying, you know, how old school people will probably say that that young that young squad don't know nothing about what it was like living in the fifties and sixties. No, <laughs> but he but he lives today with the 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 racism in his context. Does it negate it just because he didn't live in that time and that space? No. Well, then I can question you this: What about okay, the ahead. black experience when it comes to colorism? And to say that, um, oh well, light skinned people shouldn't play certain roles because they're light skinned, so it's different. I do, I so, do. That's a whole other pocket. Uh huh. Um, right. So it's like, like with that, thing. with that, with the I color, with the like, color. Um, my bad oh I'm sorry no I just wanted to say like with that I kind of feel that it was very similar to the effect that like you're you're still black we can't take that away from you you're still black depending on the role absolutely it should be played by the correct person like Zoe Saldana should not be playing Nina Simone however and that's that's because now here's the thing that's very unique to that person's life mm -hmm. when we're talking about what they experienced as a woman and colorism at that time, whether and especially if it had something to do with their career, how they would have been perceived. Like if Nina Simone had been actually Zoe Zaldana's color at that time, I believe her treatment and she would have got a little bit more past in her life as a light skinned woman at that time. So that's why I believe that a Zoe Zaldana has no business playing a Nina Simone. Oh wait, no, no, I agree you know with that. I mean? I'm saying how you know we the reason why we question European blacks on playing black American roles is about the same reason why we question light-skinned blacks on playing 
black, black roles regardless of the skin color of that person because no one questioned Taraji P. Henson when she was playing Catherine um, even though Catherine was light skinned as I don't know what that girl could have white passed if she wanted to but they cast Taraji P. Henson who was a brown black woman but nobody questioned that nobody questioned when Thurgood Marshall was played by Chadwick Boseman it's like why do we not question it one way but we question it the other way it's the same thing with the black Europeans it's like if we were to play so one of their one of their um, leaders or something they would have a problem with it so it's like, why can we not have a problem with, you know, someone playing Harriet Tubman, who was never a black American woman? I didn't say I didn't have a problem with that. I think the whole, I really, it's, I guess you could say we're picking and choosing to a certain degree. I just think mm-hmm. over and overall, I think on a broad perspective, I don't want to be a log in the eye of another black person on the planet, another African, if you will, someone of African descent. Mm-hmm. who's doing great work <laughs> you know what I'm saying if they do the role some justice if they really carry that weight get do the damn thing do the damn thing but if you as an artist you know what that role requires and you know that the color and the context of that person's life story that story really holds weight when it's a certain person carrying it you would hope that someone has the integrity to pass on the role but me over here and as an American, I legit feel like I don't want to be along in someone's eye just because you a black person from Brit. Because what I do know for real, for real, for show, for show, is that black people catch hell across the goddamn globe. Whether it's overt or blatant, you know what I mean? It's still the same song. It's just it's just evil is just evil no matter where you want to package it. So mm-hmm. that that's the thing I I I really felt convicted on when it started with that conversation with that brother, um, because no, that, absolutely. And I feel, you know I feel what, like um, I think. I'll, I'll, go ahead. I, babe. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just uh, I think a lot of it also comes from the idea that a lot of black Americans feel that we're not particularly particularly um, non black American. I mean, non American black folks um, cup of tea. You know, like we, you know, a lot of Africans and uh, people of African, direct African ancestry who have like Nigerian, they're Nigerians who are in Britain and the UK and, you know, like Peckham and places like that. They look down on black Americans. You know, so, that's well, the typical, my thing that's is, the stereotype. Consi- yeah, I, I don't know if that's true, true. though. Now, that, that, okay. let's not ignore that. There is a sort of elitism, exclusivity that goes on in their community, a kind of pride that they have amongst them mm-hmm. because we're not we don't know where ours is for for the most part or whatever it is there my thing is just because somebody else is that ignorant to i'm not about to help continue to perpetuate that philosophy either i want to check myself from being a hindrance to anybody that's black on black on this kind um on in this world from getting there that's all right Mm -hmm. especially if they was coming over here doing a piss poor job because you know what just blew my mind on thanksgiving girl queen and slim <laughs> i still have well i'm not even that. trying to even go into the whole i did a mm-hmm. whole podcast episode i agree with you uh, though I it, do. it wasn't no perfect movie like there are some other things that i saw some some other posts about you know some technical stuff or whatever but it was mm-hmm. a great movie carried by two black brits mm-hmm. Which i, I knew that da- we know david kaluuya is from london but i just found that that the Jody girl Miss Queen herself is another one yeah because you and that but that's my thing that I'm a little afraid of is that they are incredible 
incredibly talented. They are disciplined over there. Their level of acting discipline is it surpasses America for sure. We know that even with white British actors, like they surpass us. Um, however, I think my fear comes in is when are they going to continue to go overseas so and have what? them come over here? It's like, so then what do we do? Two things. Two things. I got answers. I got answers. Go ahead. <laughs> I got answers. First of all, that's like with anything in life, right? Mm-hmm. If you know that you got competition, you know your competition got skills that you don't have and you trying to compete in the same arena, it's your responsibility to get your weight up. So maybe that's what we need. So we're not treating this craft like a daggone hobby and do it for real. You understand what I'm saying? So that's number one. Number two, if we've been over here in this country, most of us born this generation, has been born in this country and we ain't figured it figured it out yet shame on us if the system is broken and they don't want to take advantage of the talent that's already here that means our responsibility is to create our own platform to do it and 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 salute our brothers and sisters that's coming from across the pond that's getting the rose i'm not i think it's wasted energy to hate on anybody that look like me that's doing what they're doing. If I've been here and had a, a little bit of a head start for whatever it's worth, you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, I think it's get just my also, training and okay. get my platform and keep it pushing. Right. Yeah. I just, I've seen where they have shows in Chicago and don't cast for characters in Chicago, though. Things oh, like yeah. that. And it's like, so you didn't even look here. Like you just went straight somewhere. Like you didn't even Which try. Which is why to we here, here, girl. So you realize that that's why we here, right? And that, that's why I moved to LA because I was like, you know what? Y'all not even looking in Chicago for the roles that are not in at Chicago. all. They will come and, and, and come back everywhere else. Back. So it's like I hope I like I like I said, those people are so talented. Like you know, like I said, um, you know, you got people like Chiwetel Ejiofor. You got people like David Oyelowo, John girl, Boyega, yes. all the Idris Elba, all these Rock fantastic them. black British actors even um who uh, who played uh, who played Harriet Tubman oh my gosh her name is escaping me I'm such a, a fan Cynthia Revo right it hurt like you know even the, the thing is even though like I'm like dang I wish a black American actress would have gotten that role I'm just I'm just hoping they're not going over there instead of skipping like skipping but who cares check this out do you not realize this is a form of the crabs in the barrel syndrome like we really gonna bitch over three it's it's like they dropped three big roles in there and it's a hundred million black folks in a barrel crab going after the same three roles and then got the nerve to pull down the three that's really good for the role when we all look black at the bottom of the barrel to them like they really like it's you know what I mean? Like I'm not. Yeah, I, I will hope. I, I will hope so. Effort. I just know that it it would suck if you your whole life like, oh yes, like I'm I'm getting ready for this, and then they go, they're like, oh never mind, we're not even gonna look here. We let's just go somewhere else and look. And it's like, oh okay, so just not even give us the opportunity. It's I'm hoping that's not what happened. I believe Cynthia got it because that is a fantastic actress, and for sure she already had her Tony, she already had her Grammy, she already got her Golden Globe. Like that girl got all the things already. She has her Emmy and everything. So it's like she she's a fantastic actress. I would have looked at her first too. At the same time, I'm right. just hoping like that we're not. I just hope that we, no matter how hard we do work, that we don't get overlooked here in America. I think the the level the level is is that it's all it, the records the statistics show is that by and large we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do. And so I mean, and great to our brother the Mark Harris that's out of Inglewood in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Mark Harris, you familiar with him? Yes. 
1555 film work. I worked on a couple of projects, small bit role with him. But the point, anything about the history, how he how he even got started making films, didn't go to no film school, nothing like that. We walked the bam. But he's at a level where he's at least casting, at least I would say B-list actresses and stuff that we've seen in bigger projects mm. on his films. His stuff is on Netflix, etc. Like you, like he's he's doing enough anyway. I I, I co-signed with Mark on a lot of things and his thinking. Whereas he's like, listen, we be so caught up in America and in America's prospects when it's a whole big old world out there. You feel me? And we might have to, like I just said, we're here in LA, but brighten your horizons and just like the people came from across the pond. Go go out, go across the pond, go to the continent, go go to Africa, like broaden your horizons and see how you can work it because his stuff is actually selling well over in Africa and stuff like that. Like who would have thought that, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes it's more like maybe where we are, get this, is super saturated with us, the regular black Americans, and or they're numb to us. We're not a novelty. But it's a fascination also with having the black Brits over here. So they sell well. And guess what? They should ride that wave while it's a hot commodity as well as they can because it could be a passing season. But the adverse is true. Maybe we keep our options open too and we could take advantage of a market that's not super saturated with us across the seas. Just like Nina Simone did um what's her name not Dorothy Dandridge what's the other one I'm thinking Eartha of Kid? back in the day all Eartha Kid. she's one of them too all of them went to Paris Josephine Baker stuff, yeah that's who I was thinking about all those girls they realized it was like you know what race they racist as hell and I, I'm probably I'm gonna be more appreciated and they found a, a nice little following over there they they really made a name for themselves so I think that's the that's the mentality that Mark Harris is on, and I think that's the thing that we need to keep our perspective on again, instead of just like, oh my God, holding our breath for America to, I don't know, cherish what they already got. Absolutely, on easier said than done, but I agree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Definitely easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Girl, yeah, I mean, it would be a whole trip to sit up and I fantasize with it. I want to go to Ghana next year. Oh, beautiful. Um, you uh but you know i fantasize with just thinking about i said you know that would be an opportunity that's a mm-hmm. huge opportunity to bring the black american experience over there Absolutely. It's, it's 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 americans over there that's that and sat down and stuff by and large do they have uh us in in, in large amounts as far as platforms and entertainment over there i don't know not to the degree that we want to bring it uh, that's just yeah. something to think about world i want mm-hmm. yeah i mean absolutely i mean we take a lot of their shows anyway might as well try to go get yeah. them over there and um see take a lot of their tv you know what i just thought about do you remember the last king of scotland i remember the the film yeah uh i don't i've never seen but, it but uh, i remember that it was a thing damn I've oh man that's it. a good that's a good um uh example uh what's his name forrest whitaker he played the role of uh, Idi Amin, the Ugandan king uh, that was just insane, girl, notoriously ruthless, right? Kerry Washington played his wife, again, Uganda, ma'am, mm-hmm. okay? Yep. They hired two Black Americans to play that role. My, 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 my. 
One could argue, and I thought about it briefly until I saw the movie. One could argue, how dare you? And Forrest Whitaker is phenomenal. But how dare you? Why would you cast? They hired um, the always underrated, in my my opinion, Don Cheadle, to play this this man, uh, Paul Rusesabagina. Yep. in Rwanda and he and he did a very good a phenomenal job that's the thing Rwanda. so it, it happens both ways like you mean to tell me you couldn't hire a Rwandan or Ugandan you know they probably uh, yeah they could close to after the genocide the movie came out you within me? 10 years of that genocide I believe so you know they probably didn't have many Rwandan men because most men were killed um, I listen so you can find you go to the four points of the world Put out a casting call. I bet you a fan. You would have found a Ugandan actor and a Rwandan. A Ugandan, I yes, but they definitely murdered like most Rwandan men. Like they left a lot of women, and the women had to like restart. And so Ugandan I people. I don't know about I'm actors. trying to say. <laughs> I don't think Rwanda time, had actors to begin with, let alone after the, the girl, genocide. Please. They was there, and some of them escaped and made it to the Dalvon State. Somebody could have played those roles, but I was using that between forcing them. Who's to say, like, would you argue them out of the roles that they took clearly when they weren't born there? And if you see, girl, first of all, you know, it's hard to spook me on a lot of stuff, particularly on television. But seeing him play the the dictator, Idi Amin, it'll spook you just how evil he went into that role. You want to talk... I, because I, I got so engrossed and enamored after seeing the performance, I had to see, how did he prepare for that? So mm. it was something like, girl, he was over there six months ahead of shooting. And he would he would rarely talk to his wife while he was over there. And even when he would talk to her, he would slip in and out of the accent. He was like literally he the whole being. Mm. He was not, I'm gonna play Edie. I mean, he ca- became absolutely obsessed and possessed by capturing the spirit of that that evil man. He totally did it. So there were people that went through that that totally like co I was like no nah. he did that oh yeah I mean like, like I said when, yeah. they, when they do the role like well I'm like yes and they do like I said they are the superior they learn the superior way of acting in terms you know of what I'm saying no Forrest Whitaker is from here no I'm he saying so it's there. like so I'm saying that's why I'm okay it's just yeah. like vice versa For Forrest puts it, that work in and you know Don Cheadle puts that work in and I'm like okay absolutely you know, just yeah. like when they do it, I'm like, oh, okay, great. Like, I love the movie Detroit. I love John Wayne's character. Yeah. I was actually surprised the movie had no Oscar nominations, which was wild to me. Surprise! 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 Because I was like, this was Girl. beautiful to me as a as like yeah. watching it. I'm like, oh, no, no, no! Surprise, Girl! You know they sit around and they got an allotment. <laughs> oh yeah, you're right for the for the black stuff, yeah. Girl, <laughs> but you know, I was thinking y'all about better Catherine wait. Bigelow. Girl, black Panther better last y'all for the next five years. I thought Catherine ah. Bigelow would have done it. I said that is the Catherine Bigelow. That's the first female director with an Oscar there. That is uh, the woman who was married to James Cameron, the man who makes the highest grossing films of all time. Like I'm thinking, she had a lot of pull. I thought she would do it. I thought, you know, even, yeah. even um, the actor who played the police officer who was interrogating the group of young black men, um, I believe his name is Will, he also didn't get a nomination. I'm like, okay, all right. That was a fantastic. He did. If you watch, if you ever get to get a chance to watch the movie Detroit, that man, okay. 
played that role. I hated him. I hated him so much. And I said, that's how you know he's good at what he's doing right now. I I love it. it. I think about, my thing is, okay, if we want to, I think in another context, but I'm going to try to tie it together. Mm -hmm. You know how, like, people be hating on us when we get hired on regular jobs and they'll they'll and it's like they think we got in because of uh what you call it being the diversity quota for hiring mm-hmm. we just we really trying to say we were superior like we were the literally the best for the job right and that's all i'm trying to say is if they were the best for the job who gives a damn what their background is yeah i mean unfortunately <laughs> acting in general is never always about who's the best in anything now whether you're black white if you got all the family members with all the connections and stuff you're gonna get that role you know it just that is how it is nepotism exists and sometimes it's because you got the same name as a casting director's ex-girlfriend or something and they don't want to cast you and you know it could be anything so it's like of course well we know there are other things where the stars align but i'm saying like with all that was said and done could 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 I could I have honestly went in and took that role from that girl, whether she was black Brit or she was from 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 freaking forty third and Degna? Would I have been able to take that role from her? That's the key thing, and mm-hmm. I think that if we would humble ourselves as American actors and actresses and say, "No, nah, I, I okay, honestly, was I ready to be toe to toe with her on that?" <laughs> Yeah, I mean that is a good question. Like that, like I said, I well, I would tell anybody in a heartbeat that is superior acting they learn in London and the UK. That is just a different level. I mean, even you look at all of them from Christian Bale all the way to Idris and yep. back to Chiwetel, and you just keep you can keep going to everybody who learned over there. They are just superior. Yeah. It's just superb yeah. acting. I mean, yes, we do have our Leonardo DiCaprio's here and there. We got our Robert De Niro's, our Al Pacino's. But that, please, like that, the Idris Elba in The Wire is some of my favorite acting I've ever seen. Girl, I love it. That fool, that fool right there. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of Idris, especially because I le- I first learned of him in The Wire. And that was just yep. amazing to me. I was like, oh, gosh. Like, I didn't even know he was British, like you said, until he spoke on the interview. And I was like, whoa. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, what is happening here? Because they do that. They they learn their craft. They discipline themselves in that craft. And then they go and they execute. So, yes, I do. I do feel you on the whoever is the best person for the role. I don't care where they're from as long as they execute it well. And at, at the same time, me as a Black American actress, of course, I would I would hope that they would look at us first. But I mean, if it's another Black woman, it's another Black woman. I can't, right. you know, like you said, we get people bigger. Literally, you know, it's it's more than that. But I just have gotten to a point where I feel like what's mine is mine. Absolutely. Too. You know, I'm absolutely. Like, Amen. I ain't about to be hating on a on a Black person for getting a role, man. Yes. I don't care what. Sis, I'd be like, sis did that. Well, right. right. I mean, what I think everybody has to get to that point where they where yeah. they completely come to peace with their presence and say, mm-hmm. what is for me is for go. me. Mm-hmm. And it will not pass me. It cannot pass me mm-hmm. for the life of me. I will tell somebody, somebody else can get that role before you and something mm-hmm. will happen where their schedules don't align with the shooting schedule and boom the role is now yours it's like that was meant for you 
like regardless. that happened to me in Chicago I ended up doing a play a small a lesser known play but it was a really good one called Daughters of the Mock by Judy Ann Mason and um I I I I know the director personally as a friend mm-hmm. uh, but I went in there and did not get that lead role initially went mm-hmm. in there had the whole accent and I had fun executing it and didn't get it so I kid I hit hit up Margaret on the side. I was like, Margaret, honestly, why you ain't cast me for that role? And this is what she said. She said, sis, I was rooting for you. I wanted you to get the role, she said, but Angela came in there and she killed it too and Angela looked more the part. Period. Mm -hmm. And so here's the thing I said, you gotta do what you gotta do. You have a vision Mm -hmm. and you have to bring the best vision on stage. But do you know three weeks, three weeks into rehearsals, Angela walks away from the part because um, she she said it was way too dark for her. It was uh, I ended up it was a uh, she was we were I ended up taking over the role was a, a Creole grandmother who dabbled in um, basically hoodoo and stuff oh, and okay. to the point where she kills um, any child male child that was born didn't make it past the the age of five. And eventually, I, I have my daughters kill their husbands. And in terms of the terms of the the, the 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 curse that we passed on to make ourselves as women powerful, it was so dark. But in terms of being able to envelop the darkness of that role, you do get really consumed. I I saw throughout my process why Angela dropped out the way she did because I got engrossed into it, like. On the surface, I see that there's a turn with everybody getting off into being witches and stuff like that. And I feel like it's part bad and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. when I think about, I get this role many, many years ago. It's nothing that I would want to be uh, a part of seriously. It's very evil. Like, I'm not, but anyway, but in order to do that role, that's what it came to. I brought all that up to say was, I really wanted the role initially, did not get cast for it initially. Went to someone else because not only did she kill the role when she went in the room, but she actually looked more the part. And I was like, Dad, all right, fine. I had to be grown up. Be like, all right, Margaret, I understand, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting it by default because the girl ended up walking away from the role. So I, I think all the time. It. sometimes it's not even personal. It's like, yo, this is what we did. And when I was when you're able to relinquish it and say, you know what? It was the best decision they had to make. It came back to me anyway. Yeah, that's what I tell you. When it's meant for you, it's going to yeah. be for you. I tell people that all the time because and people are like, well, it wasn't really for me if it went to somebody else before you. I'm like, yes, it is because it came to you. It, it got back to you anyway. What is for you, it will happen. I promise. I tell people all the time. It's just like when they say you love something, let it go. Sometimes when some comes back, it was meant for you the whole time. The whole Maybe. time. It just needed to get to you in a way that it got to you or else you wouldn't have appreciated this much. Or who knows? Who knows what, what the reason is? But it, as long as it happened, you know? So I definitely tell people that all of the time. Um, but yes, I do love, I do I do have those feelings about the real actors, but I do tend to love how they execute. I really do. Every time. <laughs> Fantastic I, actors. I mean, I, I look up to a lot of them because I've also had my fair share of dark roles and um mm-hmm. roles that i guess would call would cause any random person to have a breakdown let alone somebody who has to delve into who that is did the, was marked marked one of those um roles? my most challenging one to date actually 
Absolutely. Let's talk about Mark. Um, break the people on what Mark was was about. So Mark was um, a film set in the 1960s in which I played a Georgina who was a black woman uh, who met her white husband as a black woman in Chicago. Um, and then they moved down south. And hmm. um, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, she ha- she felt the need to white to white pass or to attempt to white pass um, because her attempt was not, you know, she still had black features, so her her attempt wasn't the best. She didn't have the Lena Horn face. She didn't have the the white features that were necessary to pull it off. So uh, they eventually got found out. Her husband, on the other hand, did not want her to white pass. He didn't see a necessity for it Um, because he loved her just as she was regardless of being black or white but she felt the need to do it to to save them from harm um and that in that role i would get to set my call time be about like seven in the morning and and like that and we'd go to like really late at night almost like one and two in the morning i go have another Mm. 7 a.m call time the next day um but i would sit in hair makeup for about two or three hours getting painted white like getting a very pale mm-hmm. pale uh skin makeup put on my body pause parenthetically people Whitney Tate you're gonna see a picture Whitney Tate is a very fair skin like light skin um black woman just so y'all know but mm-hmm. they have to paint her more two and three hours in hair makeup go ahead yep absolutely and um it took it, at first, I remember being so excited, like, oh, like, this is, like, a role that, you know, you get, as actors, we get so excited about the more compelling mm-hmm. roles, the roles that we feel like uh-huh. are going to bring something out of us. So I was really excited, and I and I was doing so great on many of the days, and on, like, day three, it was two days in, actually, just not even many of the days, but on two days in, day three, I had a scene where I had to look in the mirror and apply the makeup myself, and I was fine. I did that scene fine. Following that scene, I had to look in the mirror again, and I it was like a, a switch in my brain went off, and I broke down. I broke mm-hmm. down, not in front of anybody, in the, anybody on the cast. I, I sat there, and they could tell something was wrong with me because I wasn't speaking, but we were doing a rehearsal. We are like, all right, we're going to take 10 minutes, and then we're going to like do the scene. I said, great. Um, I'm going to be in my dressing room. I went to the dressing room, and immediately began bawling, crying, like hyperventilating. I felt suffocated because this, mind you, I was wearing this skin for 12 plus hours a day on set. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't see my face like that. I, I think that bothered me because I was like, this isn't the face that I know it to be. And and it it was, like I said, suffocating. I, I began panicking. And mind you, my hair and makeup people, my, my wardrobe woman was black, was a brown-skinned black girl. Um, mm-hmm. And my makeup artist was a white woman. And the my special effects makeup artist who had to make like a cut on my arm, she was a Latina woman. So I'm mm-hmm. in this room with these three women. And they're like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What's going on? I'm like, I just, I feel ugly. Is what I told them. And I meant that in a way that like I felt when I looked at myself, I said, I was of the things that were going through my head were like, why did we feel the need to do this? And then I became angry. Like I felt ugly personality wise. But I was like, this is ugly that people Mm. made us feel so hideous in our own skin that Mm. we did this. Mm. Like that's what I and they couldn't understand that. Right. 
So I'm like, I feel wow. like, including the black wardrobe stylist, she was not empathizing whatsoever. Mind you, it's only three wow. black women on this set, including myself. And that myself, the producer, uh, and the writer. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, I was like, are you, um, excuse me? <laughs> like, like, you are supposed to understand, like, with three, these three black women, and then my wardrobe style is the fourth black woman. You were supposed to understand me if anybody should empathize, right? She did not. My white makeup Ooh, artist also wait. did not empathize. She's like, well, this is what they want you to look like. I'm like, I know that. I get that. And I'm, it's, I'm it's speaking to her as calm it. as possible. I'm like, I know. I know that this is what I'm supposed to look like. I know for this role that you had to do this to me. I feel ugly as a black woman that this is what black women felt like they had to do back in this day. I feel ugly. Like, I feel ugly in that. And she was like, but this is what they want you. I'm like, okay, could you? I, I told her, I was like, okay, could you leave me Girl, alone? You, that was a lost cause Look, right I, there. I told her, okay, could you leave me alone? <laughs> I told her, could you leave me alone? I, and, and so she, I was like, I was like, just give me five minutes. Like, I, at that point, my voice might have raised. I don't believe it. I didn't yell because nobody else in the outside of the uh, dressing room knew that that was happening. But I was like, mm-hmm. okay, could you, could you just give me five minutes? Could you please, like, leave? Is what I did. <laughs> the Latina, the Latina <laughs> woman, she was very calm. She was like, "What do you want us to do? What do you need me to do?" Because she knew, she understood. She said that she knew. Like she told me later on, she was like, "I didn't say anything." Because she was very quiet throughout the whole ordeal. She wasn't saying like, you know, she wasn't trying to make me understand. Because I'm like, I don't need to understand. I understand you don't, right? She was saying <laughs> that she felt she knew as a woman of color that that must have been hard for me. So she just was like, "What do you want me to do?" And I said, "I just want everyone to leave." So they all left the room. And I could hear the white makeup artist saying, like, she's up in there, she's going, like, she's yelling, and she's, like, getting mad, and and I'm just like, is this, is, did she just pull the angry black woman thing on me? Like, I can hear her, and it hurt my feelings So they're more. showing up to set, but it's more, it's just a job for them. Yes. They're not really cognizant At of all. what's happening. And the director, your whole transformation one. and what you're doing for this role is totally lost in those makeup artists. Absolutely. It was a lost cause. And it, it was yeah. so, so the, so the director comes in, she was like, she's like, are you okay? Like, sincerely, are you okay? Mm-hmm. I told her, yes. Like trying to, trying to, you know, cause I heard, I heard the other, the makeup artists, I heard her telling people how angry I was. So I tried to overplay my niceness and I'm mm. like, but she, of course she overplayed my anger. I'm like, I wasn't, I asked you to leave the room. I didn't yell at you. I didn't, I said, could you please leave the room right now? I just need five minutes is what I told her. But she told everybody mm-hmm. else, she's, she's yelling. She's like upset. She's like, and I'm like, no, I wasn't. And, and the Latino girl, she told everybody, like, no, she wasn't. But, um, but the, the director, she's, are you okay? I told her, yeah, I'm fine. She's like, Whitney, if you have a problem, like if you feel like you can't please. like, let me know. This is very like, she's like, I don't want you to like lose your head over this. And I was like, I'm okay. I can finish it. I just needed five minutes. That's all. Like, I just need some time because I don't have my mommy with me all the time. You know, like, we don't have those strong Black women with us who raised us to tell us, like, it's okay. Now, okay, the director that you literally just, you didn't, it sounded like you didn't feel comfortable to be honest about what the effects of the depth of the role was having with you. Yeah. Were they black? Yeah, I no, no. Everybody was white except for the uh one producer who was also a light skinned black woman herself. And then the writer, Courtney, who was a brown skinned black woman, and then the wardrobe house was a brown skinned black woman. I still feel like there was a disconnect that they were a part of a project that has such 
deep messaging going on that you didn't feel comfortable to express mm-hmm. your frustration. I think and because it helped it helps you to be brutally honest and to and, tra- and to translate if 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 you feel if it was a self safe space in that environment. I because the, the fact that that the white girl was had the liberty to overplay you as the over the the mad black woman mm-hmm. is disturbing. Is is absolutely and they fired her. They fired her. Right, <laughs> absolutely. Great. She was not there. Great. The next side they they Great. they up the Latina woman to being my main makeup stylist, and I was so happy about that. She was also though that young woman. She was also she had in her own insecurities. She she would divulge to me, which makeup artists are not supposed to speak to actors about personal personal life. That's just not you know where you go. It's mm-hmm. a professional thing. I'm supposed to be getting into character. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know about what's going on. But she had a lot going on that she told me about. And I was an ear for her and I was actually really kind of hurt that she felt that, you know, she, she victimized mm-hmm. herself. I know from what she said, she victimized mm-hmm. herself often, which she made herself a victim in that situation as well. And so I think mm-hmm. the reason was I didn't. Ooh, feel- girl, you, you just, girl, you put <laughs> so much message in here. I can't just gloss over that. I ain't trying to cut. The, the white, woman. Fragi- white fragility. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. Yes. And okay. wait, but the thing is, I think she she also had a little bit of a complex because she was a heavy set white woman. So she also uh-huh. just I guess amongst white people felt like a victim, let alone if, you know, she feels like a black woman even slightly raises their voice. Um uh-huh. so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna leave that alone. And I didn't say anything to uh-huh. her about it. But the reason what the reason me speaking to Chelsea, the director about about it it wasn't that I had a lack of comfortability I just felt that it was a lost cause in the sense that you won't understand even if I do tell you like I just felt at that you moment. know what I think for you though mm-hmm. and this is me speaking out and any black woman that might be listening to this um I'm not I'm not speaking necessary so that you understand mm-hmm. but I'm gonna speak this so I can be free right right I'm going to speak this. I'm going to say it out loud so that I can have the liberty that I need in this environment in order to be my whole self. What I'm not going to do, especially with this role and what this movie is about, feel like I have to withhold myself in any kind of way. Well, yeah. If you ask me what was wrong and if, if I'm okay... I'm going to say, you know what? I'm so into this role right now. It is, I'm really trying to process some real, real strong stuff right now. And it is, it's totally fucking my head up right now. And mm-hmm. and that's what she didn't get. Mm-hmm. And I, girl, yeah. And, and, I, so and we, like you, we have to get out of I, making it easy for them. Making it, so what if they uncomfortable? Yeah, so what? You know what? I actually use that to fuel myself. I, said, I was like, if I can't explain it to you, that's mm-hmm. what my character has a hard time explaining to her husband. Come on. You know, why am I doing this? It's because, like, I truly didn't know why. Like, I was like, why do we feel the need to do this? And it's like, I understood why. But it's like, I'm trying to explain mm-hmm. it to someone else that those feelings of why we needed to do this and why we feel like this is ugly and why we feel un- unloved and um, un- misunderstood. You know, I was like, you know what? 
I'm just going to take this. I'm going to put this in the next thing. Cause the next thing was a confrontation with the husband mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. him saying like, why, like, why are you doing a CSO? And it was just like, mm-hmm. because like, I'm doing this for us. Like you're welcome. You know, it was kind of, and I just mm-hmm. kind of, I think it really fueled that. Um, so in mm-hmm. hindsight, yes, I wish I would have been more, I guess, articulate with my feelings because I, I couldn't put yeah. it into words. I was like, I don't, I just feel but you know what? It's not just with you being on set, though. You know, it's it's for most black women. Us, it's um, uh, it's our journey. Mm-hmm. Um, because we do it in regular office jobs. You know, uh, because it's not a girl. We have to painstakingly mute ourselves in so many ways because the slightest piece of realism is misinterpreted, mm-hmm. and our our colleagues of other backgrounds and races and stuff do not are not scrutinized the same as us i don't care how much they throw the diversity term around it's just not the same and so it's not just you though but i mm-hmm. just as i'm ministering to you i'm ministering to me it's the same thing we're groomed we're groomed to basically suck it up and push on mm-hmm. and allow it to fuel us in our next project our next scene whatever we gotta <laughs> do because Little black girl, they don't give a fuck about your feelings. Like, mm. forget you. You just don't have the liberty, like Bethany them, to throw a quote unquote a hissy fit and be understood. Absolutely. A white, not. a white girl, a white girl's tears, a way a black woman's tears ain't the same as a white girl's tears. Not at all. Absolutely. When not. I think about, I'm looking at the. You've heard um, stuff back home. Uh, some some girl was uh, hemmed up in the basement in Inglewood in Chicago, Chicago for like six days. I did not know that. No, they didn't feed her, and they raped her repeatedly. And you ain't hear, you ain't heard about it because it don't matter. Wow, you know what I'm saying? If it's a black girl from Inglewood in Chicago, you can assume that she's a a, a young a sister with no means, no legacy, no no power and stuff. So mm. it's not it's not making national news. It's barely making it past WGN Channel Nine news in Chicago. Like you know what I mean? Yeah. But if 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 it had been Becky, oh. If oh. it had been Becky, we would we would know about it. Absolutely, would have heard it everywhere. That is yeah. that's a shame, and I think that's like that's just all of that. I believe things like that all weighed on me at that moment, even yeah. as a light skinned black woman, because I I often um, I don't feel a responsibility to, um, mm-hmm. but I feel a conviction. I guess if I don't stand up for black women who are of a darker complexion than me because I mean I know people say oh you should feel responsibility to your brothers and your sisters and it's like I don't think I necessarily feel responsible for it at all but I do feel a conviction because it's like I if you aren't happy then I shouldn't be if you aren't comfortable then I shouldn't be like I don't I feel a conviction like it's it's uncomfortable if I feel comfortable in my in my brothers and sisters of darker complexion or not so um, um even with that being well said, this is what like, I would say girl listen as a dark-skinned woman talking to you your burden as a woman as a black woman is enough you don't got to care. Nobody burden but yourself, honey. Seriously. I think it, the only I, the only thing I would say to be convicted of is if you see a sister or brother, light or dark, and they're not in a position of power 
and they and you feel the unction to advocate for them by all means but only because you have the strength to do so mm-hmm. but I, I think that as black women we don't have to be a burden carer for nobody but ourselves to a certain degree you understand what i'm mm-hmm. saying like don't 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 feel like that don't don't do that don't do I that think it your way you. your way your mm-hmm. way is enough trust and believe it's enough yeah, I I think it weighs on me heavily though when I'm playing like um specifically one of my one of my best uh, friends I met her on set. Her name is Sam- Samantha, and okay. uh, she's a dark skinned black woman. Mm-hmm. And the first well, I've been on two film sets. This was one of them I was on with her. And mm-hmm. the thing that got to me was that she was playing a maid, mm-hmm. and I'm playing this woman married to a white man sitting at the table. She's serving me. Okay. Right. Okay and um okay at these white people's houses in which this white man in the scene had to say nigger lover uh-huh. i believe three times and we had to do that scene of course multiple times so i'm listening to this white man in real time say nigger uh-huh. lover about uh-huh. who i don't know it was hard but it, it, here's the thing so this is true this is true to life though mm-hmm. right yeah and it's but th- this is my thing is like uh seeing her like that and knowing that in the previous film we were in, I, I was I became friends with the casting director. And the mm-hmm. casting director told me, he said, I chose her for the role, but the director mm-hmm. chose you. And I said, okay. huh? He mm-hmm. said, we had already picked her, but mm-hmm. the director felt like he wanted to see a couple more people. Okay. We saw you, and he picked you. Mm-hmm. And I was like, was that like a acting choice or something? He's like, I th- he's like, I genuinely think he liked the contrast of skin colors between you and the male actor who was playing okay. the somewhat love interest. And I said, okay. so because he's brown skinned and I'm light skinned, I got chosen over her. And so mm-hmm. seeing that, and then once again, the following thing, I'm playing a light skinned woman who's who's white passing, and you know, and she's playing the maid. It just kind of got mm-hmm. to me all at once. I was like. What mm-hmm. I'm like, what do I do at this point? And uh, my best friends, my group of friends, since I was little, I was the light skinned girl in the group, so everyone was dark skinned or brown. And I remember having this conversation with them. I'm like, I feel guilty. I feel like she's being put on a back burner for me. This is the second film where we didn't even know we were going to be girl. in it together. And like, but so that's what a made guilt me. Complex is not. It's not effective for you, honey. First of all, this last film that you had though was true to life. In real real life, she would she would you would not have been the maid serving a dark skinned woman married to a white man. That would that would have been rare as hell, mm-hmm. rare. So I that that you getting unless you were mad in the context of your character being mad at the how life was playing out. But you as Whitney yourself, whatever, there was nothing to be upset in my opinion about that. But mm-hmm. also, again, uh, with the director choosing you over her on the prior project, that's a burden that, again, is not to say that you don't feel her mm-hmm. or whatever, but for you to carry the burden of her, she she will, she, that's, that's her, I'm going to say hers alone um, to do. I think that, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't think it's necessary for you to feel a burden or feel a guilt thing about that. And and the only yeah. only reason why I say that is because it's still happening. Um, our brothers are either going to be blindsided and given to that philosophy, and or guess what? 
we take our power and our creativity and we make the projects that we want to see. So that's, let me ask you this. Okay, As honey. a dark-skinned Black woman, because um, I asked my, my friends who are dark-skinned Black women mm-hmm. and I, I said, mm-hmm. when I see African-American on a casting, mm-hmm. I tend to not apply. And they're like, what? girl, what's wrong with you? No, and look, <laughs> so like, but this is what I, this is why I say it's, I, I'm afraid that I will again take a role from a darker sand black woman because what I'm the more acceptable look of a black woman. You'll be out here broke. You better go ahead and apply. That's, that's exactly what they <laughs> But I just, you ain't I, doing I, I me no favors. So you don't fit. So, okay. Yeah. It's, I, I don't feel like, you I know, am I don't not feel like, in oh. competition with a light skinned woman. That is not my goal. You understand what I'm saying? Anybody that's healed and understands the game. I don't, that's just like me being mad at a black British woman for t- getting a role that I didn't get. Right. Mm-hmm. I understand that there are people in charge who only see things a certain way. And I am not about to be a log in a sister's eye who showed up for herself and applied for the job and got the job. I just feel like if anybody going to win and get hired, another sister got hired. I'm not here to hate on a sister for getting hired. You're not doing me no favors by not um, applying for the job. No, because I truly believe what's mine is mine. I do believe that. It might take a while for me to get hired. Who knows? But it might not, right? Mm. Um, and I think the power comes again when we don't solely rely on, you know, let that be my only pot I got on the stove. As far, yeah, I, I this is the project right here, girl. I got called in the room at least. You know what I mean? If they don't call me, my life won't fall apart. No. You keep creating and you keep per- persisting or whatever, and and it, I think it'll happen eventually if it's if that's what you're called to do. So, girl, you better apply. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, you I, better yeah, apply. Because I'm applying to anything that don't outright say. I don't know. Like I'm, there are I stuff that kick anybody out the room who might have the opportunity, and because I'm the more acceptable, I'm Hollywood's acceptable version of a black woman. Now I'm the one who gets in a room, and I'm like, you know, like I do truly believe what is for you is for you so if it's for that person over me then it will be for them anyway but i'm like i i usually tell myself let me just i'm a plan for everything running that specifically don't say there are some some uh, breakdowns that will specifically say you got to be a certain size you want they they will say their way of saying they don't want a dark skin girl they still ethnically ambiguous favor such and such and such and such so i know okay that ain't my gig but if they just literally talking about some african-american uh reminds you what it falls in the category of regina king or some shit okay cool i'm going to, you know what i mean mm. I, unless they don't if they don't i'm applying but here's the here's the confession though i don't get callbacks i have two like it's it's really a struggle i have two headshots up on my um la casting profile one of them is uh i'm gonna say my commercial like look whatever it's a dope picture. It's me with my natural hair, freshly dyed and stuff like that. A light beat face going on or whatever. Then I have my opposite, my more dramatic roles. Like people, if they get my essence, I'm more like a cop detective. Well, don't take no shit kind of character kind of girl. And so for that picture to show them I'm versatile, I can change up this hair, if you will. You know, a sister put on a blunt cut re- wig, gave them the evil eye. You feel me? Threw on my leather jacket. Boom, bam. 
But I honestly find myself submitting the more commercial, smiley, natural hair girl because I feel like it's my fresh face. And honestly, that's just who I am, gen- generally speaking. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm telling you, that picture does not get me into work at all. And I have been questioning whether or why isn't it getting me any work. And I'm really starting to question, is it the mere fact that I have the natural hair thing going on. Like, really. And I'm and I'm okay with my natural. I've been for many, many years. But I'm wondering, just in this context, I'm like, I'm toying with the idea. I said, what will happen if I just go ahead and just started sending them that blunt cut wig uh, picture? What if? Wow. Just, you know what I mean? Like, more often. Just trying to, like, really, because I'm noticing. I'm like, I can't, I can't ignore my batting average with my regular picture with my regular hair. And some of this stuff is saying we want a natural face. Da, 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 but it's not picking up any steam. I think that is so crazy to me. If you see the picture, you'll see you're like, why? Why this ain't getting no money? Like, girl, I have no, absolutely no idea. And, uh, that, and it's so factors. interesting when I know of the people's talents and I'm just like, if you just let them in the room, <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I just hate when I know of people who I'm like, I could see you in this role and that role and that role. If they would just let you in the room, or if I was a cast director, I would have been cast you. And I'm just like, it just, it's, I think that's what really kind of, it's just like, how? Y'all just look at this yep. picture and y'all go like, nah, not them. But it's like, you don't even know. <laughs> you don't yep. even know what this person is capable of. You don't know what they can do. I mean, granted, that's you know why what I'm they big, want to. I think, that's why I like the world that we live in. I like the world that we live in where we can show them what, what they missing, right? Mm-hmm. And so I believe, I think the thing that will pro- probably propel us a little faster that gives us half a shot out of this cesspool of like everybody, you know, is doing trying to go for the same thing is showcasing our uniqueness and creating our own stuff. I think that is definitely the ticket. Absolutely. I mean, Issa did it very well mm-hmm. to me personally. Absolutely. Like, she actually created it on YouTube and brought it to fruition. I said, that is, that is the standard right there. She made awkward black girls everywhere feel like, oh my gosh, the coolest thing. I love it because I was like, wow, this is me. Like, this is, these are the things me and my friends say. I saw like, that. I flipped all the way out. Absolutely. I was like, yes. Like, we don't got to be cool. We ain't got to be the sexy central one all the time. And we ain't got to be the angry one all the time. Sometimes we just chill. We so in the middle and we awkward. Like, that is what we are. So it's like, you know, a lot of us, um, she, she resonates with a lot. Of black women, her and Molly, <laughs> all of them, <laughs> like, a lot of Absolutely. black women. So I love that. I love that she did that, and she created the standard of what you say, which is create your own content and put it out there. And you know, from there, take it. Like you know, Ava DuVernay did the same thing, created her own content. And it's just like you. There are there's such a a much better standard, especially with the way the internet works now, for us to mm-hmm. put ourselves out there. So. I think, of course, I'm I'm starting to do that already, making my own screenplays mm-hmm. and things like that. So, for Black mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and Black families, and telling the Black experience, or uh, specific, more specifically, I'm working on a screenplay about what it's like to be a Black woman growing up in the hood. Because you know they got all these TV shows, all of these movies, mm-hmm. where it's like showing the Black male experience. You know, you got things from The mm-hmm. Wire to Snowfall to Top Boy on Netflix, mm-hmm. and you know all these different TV shows over time in movies about NWA and all this. I'm just like, we never know what it's like to grow up as a black woman in the hood. 
Well, we the ones mm-hmm. y'all knocking up, and we the ones who got to worry about whether or not our brother is coming home or if he got killed. You know, we the ones mm-hmm. going to y'all funerals, and we the ones visiting y'all in prison and things like that. It's like, do you know what that's like growing up as a black woman? The mental health issues that occur, and we don't. We never see that experience. You've never seen a television show or a movie talk about be- growing up in certain areas of the world as a black woman. You never see that. Right. Okay, we gonna. Uh, I got to. I got to shoot fire. I know we kind of going over time, girl. Time flies. Yes. Yep. Yep. So I have <laughs> like sometimes <laughs> I have three questions. You don't don't think too deep. Answer okay. quickly. Okay. All right. Um, what's the current book you reading or the last book you read? Um, that's important for um black women to to read. It? Ooh, you think, real um, quick. Probably more women, not just black women in particular, but it's called The Power. It's by Naomi Alderman. They're making a TV series about it on Amazon, but it's just about um, young women in the world get the power to elect to send electricity through their hands. Um, and it really scares men to the effect of like women being able to walk down the street at night and men being afraid to walk down the street at night. So it's like a it's a flip. It's I love books like that. Right. Here, like you here you go. Put me up on another dog. Look, book. Go I love it. Watch it. I mean and and, and uh, there's even like a, a cult that gets made in there by a black girl. The girl's but she's mixed race but she's still black and she creates a cult and she becomes like the leader of the world. Love it. Just letting you know. <laughs> well okay bam I'm gonna have to get that that the info power. put in the comments and stuff. The power by Naomi Alderman. Alderman. Okay, yep. got you. All right, next thing. Um, can you name something as a black woman in particular that really uh grates you, particularly about the new social climate that we're in? I know it's probably a layered question, but anything like that's the hot topic right now that that really you feel like as a black woman, it's like, uh, it it grates you that people need to understand and know. Um. Ooh, mm, that's I think that's I don't know so much um I would say if anything um that our worth doesn't lie in famous black men li- liking us or loving us um because mm-hmm. I'm tired of the whole Michael B. Jordan and everybody else dating outside their race and us making a big deal out of it I'm like just the, forget them forget them there's plenty of black men amazing black men out here who love black women so I just get you know I, I don't know I just ugh hate hearing about it I'm like okay yeah they're with another white woman whatever so oh okay okay mm-hmm. boom boom come on rapid fires um okay here's another one and i mean and i hope i'm not sure if you've already prepared this but have you thought about the new decade that's that's coming up 2020 just let that rest right as a black woman going into this new decade 2020 hmm what is your hope maybe for yourself as a black woman, but moreover for black women in general, like at the end of the decade, when we are approaching 2030, what is something that you wish your prayer for black women that we, you would hope has much improved or has gone away with that's, that's a detriment to us? Oh, a few things. Um, the idea of the welfare queen. I hope that, I hope that we get a great president. Like I'm team Bernie Sanders currently. Um, and that's someone who's fought for us for years, even back when he was 20 years old and stuff, getting arrested with us at the University of Chicago. Black, He was arrested next to a black woman. Um, so I'm hoping he gets rid of the idea of the welfare queen. And, you know, that helps a lot of black women uh, who actually need that help and, you know, high, higher minimum wage and things like that. I just hope 
financially and financial in regards to financial literacy that young black women come to know their power in this industry our buying power and um, how we can create our own businesses like me right now I only buy from black owned skincare businesses which are usually owned by black women and um, I also hope that mental health amongst black women by the end of 2030 like all the children are just much better off and um, you know I just pretty much that financial literacy and mental health that they are both stable like we are stable and emotionally healthy that is what i'm hoping for by the end of 2030 and also that uh more than three black women win a best actress not including holly berry (laughs) amen amen um okay two things um i I want i want my listeners to have a takeaway but i also want to flip in it give you a takeaway as well Mm -hmm. um how can the listeners support the next move, the very next thing that's important to, for Whitney Tate's agenda? I would say continue to watch films with Black leads and television shows with Black leads and make them normal, normalize them, make them popular. And no, not just the Get Outs, not just the Black Panthers, but I'm saying like the Clean and Slims, and you know the grown issues and all that stuff like continue to watch those things because the more you watch those the more women who look like me and women darker than me and black actors from britain from america no matter where they're from the more we can all get a platform and then create empires after that for years to come and legacies for more young black individuals gotcha you gave me a general but i'm gonna press you one more time a general (laughs) Okay. My, I was I was specifically um, trying to point out how we can support you as a as a blackstress, um, as a blackstress, as a, uh, as a blackstress, or as a black woman. You black understand dress. what I'm saying? I love. Yeah. If there's, if, do you have a specific project at this time that we can be on the lookout for, so I can keep that in the timeline? Like, yo, this is dropping first quarter 2020 etc if you don't have it now that's fine but i just want um if it was something specific that we need to to be proactive like we can give them the generality but if i have a guest that is a part of that programming i definitely want to make sure to for them to be on the lookout for you even if it's not that if it's something that you're voluntary that has nothing to do with your career pursuit but it's a passion project of yours that your your contribution to humanity then I definitely want us to be a part of that too. Anything like that going on? Um, actually, no. I'm actually doing the the U the UK thing and going into myself, and uh, I'm taking a 11 month Meisner technique class right now. So now. Um, I'll be working on my acting technique for 11 months and just focusing really on disciplining myself in the craft itself. So nothing right now. I am still applying to stuff, you know, trying to get cast and yeah. all the little things, but nothing mm-hmm. big right now. I mean, we just did fin- finish July 5th, which you can see on Vimeo. Yeah. Um, links in on my website, and I'll have it in my reel and all that, but uh, besides that, nothing coming up right now. I'm just going to enjoy the rest of the holidays and go into this new decade with a lot of optimism and a lot of uh, happiness. Of course, when you come up out of your um, I'm gonna say my ex husband used to call it, um, they would call it shedding. He was a drummer. Ooh. And musicians, <laughs> they, when they shed, they go, they, 
they withdraw. You don't see them on the scene or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's because they are, he would travel with his um, drumsticks. He'd be driving and have his drumsticks on him. Tap, tap, tap. It was just, it, it's like his, the, the, um, the drumsticks were extension of his hands, his arms. And wow. they go in, they, they go into, they go into shedding, hibernation. You don't see them. And they come out and it's like, you thought he was bad six months ago. That you can feel it off of them. It's literally dripping off of you uh, to a certain extent. So we look wow. forward to seeing that because I'm doing the same thing too. I, that's the only way I'm going to finish my book. And as far as me tightening up my, my craft as well or whatever. So when you come up out of it, you're going to keep us posted. I will. Absolutely. And um, I believe that when you, when you put, when you put yourself into that kind of mode of concentration, it will attract the, the level of projects that where you can exercise that kind of um, talent. Well, skill, I should say. Skill, yep. Mm-hmm. Skill, yep. That level of skill. That's what I'm going for. That is exactly mm-hmm. what I'm going for. And I, I thank you for putting that out there that when you focus on it, it's going to come to you. And what the level, the level of films and, and television and things that I want to work on. I hope people that. will be able to see it on you. When I was knee deep into the poetry thing and stuff like that or whatever, I rarely had to promote or to send out packages to anybody. I was so in a hole. I had been on the scene for so long, watching Grace for so long and fumbling on the mic that I got great. I got really great at it. And I ended up just booking professionally with corporations and stuff like that. And so people, without me having to open up my mouth, would be like, you a, you a writer, ain't you? Don't you see? <laughs> they, would, they would perceive it all for you. That's what, that's, what I'm I'm that's what I'm declaring on you. They'd be like, what you do? You don't even have to open up your mouth. But you can, you've can seen them before. Absolutely. People with that drive on them. Is some, what, what is it about her? Girl, she been shedding. That's all <laughs> I, love that. I love that because uh-huh. definitely when I heard your voice I was like oh you do something have to do with your voice you have to and so me like oh yeah I got a podcast I said oh perfect because you have nah, the voice the talker. The talker. I was like you have the voice you have a presence about yourself that commands attention and I'm just like I this is this was it I was like yep that makes sense that, that I think July 5th was just the method where God linked you know what I mean mm-hmm. that we were supposed to intersect so this is girl this is you just got here but I've been here a couple of years and it was like first of all we both from Chicago but I didn't meet you in Chicago okay well, right what you doing <laughs> so Girl, you never. We might be on something great within you the next never twelve know. months. Because I definitely, you see? I, I'm a, I'm the type to keep somebody in mind. If I get cast for something, they say, "Oh, we cast for for this type of role." I'm like, you know what? I know exactly who you, you who you should see. Bring this person wow. in. I've done it plenty of times, and I will keep you in mind, and I will definitely keep you updated on what's to come after this shedding period, or if anything happens before it, I will definitely keep you updated. The only thing now here's the takeaway: we support you here at Ask the Black Woman. And the takeaway is, I hope you will pledge to make sure that even as you go along with your process and you begin to escalate and elevate into different rooms and realms, that you will keep a mind of reach back. So for your talents and stuff like that, make sure that you keep make that a part of your plan and your scheduling somewhere along the lines to make sure that you avail yourself and particularly to black black children um, on how to bring them up. I always think about um, 
I'm like, I'm trying to wrap up, but I don't want to be long winded. <laughs> but um, thinking about like, um, I thank God for the people who availed themselves to me because they they saw something in me because my mother showed and had the money to be paying for classes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they you got the right or you need to be in this contest. Well, I'm going to stay after school and help you write. Da, 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 da. I remember those people um, that gave what they could with what they had to, to propel me somewhere along the seasons of my life. Um, and whatever increment that you can, I think that's how people know we can't stay the whole world, but we can impact. We can literally impact at least one child with interaction. So that's my throw out. That's yes. I, and I, 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 like throw, I, said, I will you. not forget that. I really appreciate the platform. I really appreciate you taking the time to speak to me and um, to get my perspective of being a black actress nowadays and this day and age. And I'm so happy to go into this decade. And like I said, I will not forget you. You are not, you're not forgettable. Ah, to Whitney. You are not. I'm over here writing and things as we speak or whatever. I'm trying <laughs> to see how I can incorporate. I meet so many wonderful people. You are on this list. And thank um, you. I ask about women podcast, bitch, you nothing but blessings, sis. And again, thank you for your patience as we worked out extreme technical <laughs> issues here <laughs> on the anchor side. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> Good Lord. I was determined. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> the one and only Miss Whitney Tate. Listen, I get to say that I interview Miss Whitney Tate. Thank you. Before y'all, y'all gonna be like Whitney Tate. But I'ma say I interviewed Whitney Tate in 2019. Y'all record that. Amen. 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 Thank you so much. I received that. Ah, I'm sending you a virtual hug on this damn podcast. And I'm gonna give it right on back to you. <laughs> Hugs, honey, and have a good evening. You too. Wait, oh, and I'm going to text you as we hang up. I got um, need some more things from you. Okay, great. No problem. Love you. Love you back, honey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.